So welcome to Decapod, and this year, or this week, we are hitting the year of 1994, and I'm going to start off with one of my favourite quotes of all time, which is, when all else fails, might we finally not turn to the fantastic as a possibility? And if you don't know what that's from, we'll find out when we get to the TV section. I'm also going to introduce another one of my favourite quotes, which is quite simply, what just wrecked the mic? Psych. Hi, Emma. Hi. I mean, a better thing to do is go, and now allow me to turn to the fantastic. That would have been, that would have made my day. But yeah, you went in for the Geordie quote instead. That's fine. It's fine. Yeah, no, no. I'm not ruining my quote just to introduce <laughs> you. I think I butchered the first part of it, actually, but you wouldn't know. So we're all good. Yeah, I wouldn't know at all. Um, how are you doing? How are you finding research this week for 94? Epic. Yeah. 1994 is better than 1993, which was better than 1992, which was better. You get the idea. Um, oh, yeah. Unless you're me, because I think it dipped last last time. But yeah, meh. we've established that you're not always right. So, mm. but no, I was, uh, uh, not was, I'm a big fan of 1994. I know, I think I mentioned this last week. I think for me, it's because this, I'm, I can almost see myself growing up. It's the stuff I'm remembering more. So I think there's a big part of that. But also, I just think a lot of it is just better. Yeah. The, uh, I'm excited. All three of the poppy culture genres that we can't, not genres, but um, themes that we look at, they're all absolutely epic this week. There's like not one. And sorry, there's so many impressions and sort of singing coming your way this this week which might make your enthusiasm dip a bit but it's coming either way no i enjoy it you've already heard my and an deck impression well in <laughs> fact no i'm going to rephrase that pj and duncan impression yeah yeah the first iteration um and you also <laughs> um, without spoiling like one of the songs that is like coming our people will have guessed it but <laughs> you got to see one of my first practice tiktoks for mime into their song. <laughs> but I mean, we, we know which song you're talking about, but it's a cracker. It's a yeah. cracker. Um, I mean, no, it's not. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> it, it, it's one of them where it's both shit and awesome at the same time. Well, when it came on, I was walking to pick my um, little boy up from nursery when it came on, and I was just that person where I was just doing the words out loud, just didn't care. So I'm singing this as I go down the road. It needs to it needs to happen. It's probably CCTV footage of it somewhere. Oh, there you go. You might see that on TikTok at some point. Yeah, or you know. Crime Watch. <laughs> was it that bad? <laughs> Crimes against music. Yeah. <laughs> Would uh, would it be PJ and Duncan that got arrested? Or are you butchering the, the song? Oh, definitely me, because there's absolutely nothing wrong with PJ and Duncan. So you're forgetting that my first album that I bought was Psych. So I shan't be taking too much criticism of the boys, I'm afraid. No. I mean, I love PJ. I love, oh God, I love how they are now. They just seem like thoroughly nice chaps. Yeah. I think I would be thoroughly nice if I earned their money. And um, yeah, I'm not going to get into <laughs> things. I think I would be as nice as them if I was a millionaire. I don't know because there's a lot of millionaires out there, that, out there that aren't very nice. Yeah, but they're millionaires just for titting about. Oh, that's true. Imagine. Yeah, doing but that. we we tit about all. The time. Yeah, we're not millionaires though. I know. How's <laughs> that work? <laughs> well, I mean, we're only on 1994. Maybe by the time we get finished with 90s, 
we'll be millionaires. People <laughs> yeah. are, are the Magnificent Seven are enjoying it that much, so they're going to invest in the show. Yeah. Dollar, dollar, dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that. <laughs> right. Shall we? Uh, shall we get straight into it? I think so, and I think that that you should go first. With uh, we'll kick off with the music, and I think that you should go first because, as much as I enjoyed the music from nineteen ninety four, I get the feeling there's going to be a couple of songs there that you might, you know, do a little squeal over. Well, I want to start with one which I think is probably one of the biggest songs of that year. I definitely remember every school disco, everybody doing this, but I just need to do the very start and you'll know what the song is. So if I just go... Saturday night, we feel... Uh, I've told you for how I play the game where I've got my headphones in and then I, I do like interpretive dance to the wife. Yeah. Well, I tried doing interpretive dance to that and I think we went for about four before we got to it. It's like locomotion. <laughs> it's kind it's of all like, the same dance. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, but great song. And uh, or, or was it? No, it wasn't. But I just remember it was, like I said, school disco. If you went on holiday that year, that was that was playing when you were sort of like out at night there and things like that. So I really think it deserves to be the place where we started. Like the the video was just her in a towel, wasn't it? But she had those really weird pigtails as well, which was she had about eight pigtails hanging out her heads. Was she Danish? I've no idea. I will just I try think to think of Scandinavian. A, I don't know. I will just try to think of a second song because I, I remember doing a second song of them. I don't know what it was. I don't know why I'm trying to think of it now and not before the show when I had time to look and research. I want to say something really stupid like, was it Sunday morning? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Mind you, you say that, that, um, oh, we'll come to it at some point, that Lou Berger song. <laughs> um, he did the follow up, didn't he, which were basically six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Do you know which oh, one really? I mean? Yeah, he did a sequel. Not a sequel. The second song that literally just followed on from the first. With more women? I don't know if it was, like, more women or just the same ones. Or <laughs> just had to... No one else had having We had to go back to the same bunch. Oh, bless. Um, yeah, so I uh, starting there. We've already mentioned this. We might as well go there with, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> Watch us wreck the bike. Psych. Um, I know, yeah, you have to stop me there because I, I, I will do the whole song. But yeah, important moment for Mini Emma. Um, first album. I remember taking it home and my brother and his best friend, who was six years older than me, went, Do you want to you play it? Do you want to play it? And I was like, Yeah, I really want to play it. And they let me play it. And then they ripped every single song like to pieces. Um, so there, yeah. Tragic moment. It was the psych. I can remember even at that age, which I get confused over how old was it, 1994, we've discussed this previously, but I can remember at that age being like, they're, they're telling us they're going to wreck the mic, but they're not really. It's like, yeah. I uh, don't think I'd ever twig that. It's <laughs> <laughs> right. so why they oh my gosh. I never realised that's why they said psych afterwards. This is why I'm here. It's to drop these knowledge bombs, much like when you said you didn't know why Meatloaf, what he wouldn't do. And then I, I told you that. I looked at the lyrics. I don't think that holds. It fucking holds. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to mention it. Don't make me look them up live. Right? 
it doesn't your theory doesn't make sense. It's not a theory. He said it on live and kicking, right? I can remember him saying it because Zoe Ball asked him in no, between, obviously, the, we know the what breath you, falling out. Yeah. yeah. We know but, what you were looking at when Zoe Ball was on, and it wasn't like meatloaf. No, it was. I were infatuated. Um, but she, she asked him and he told her, and it stands up and uh, don't make me mansplain to you. We can't, but this is the thing. You've said this before, but mansplaining, you're supposed to be right. <laughs> you know, it's right. That must mean I'm always mansplaining. Psych. <laughs> Can you remember any other PJ and Duncan songs? Yeah, so one of our favourite... Well, of course, I can't have the album, <laughs> so strap in. Um, so um, I remember, like, it, um, our radio, our radio, our radio rocks. AM, PM, AM, PM, FM, anytime. There was that one. That one was wicked. I forgot um, that and, one. <laughs> and then there was... Um, she scores a perfect 10, a perfect 10. Um, there was that one. Isn't that the beautiful and, self? Huh? Isn't that the beautiful self? Uh-uh. No, no. They did a very similar sounding title. Um, and I can't, a few of the others have escaped me. I think there wasn't there um, why me? Why, why, why? <laughs> I know, I need to like, I should have re-listened to it. I've still got it somewhere. Um, <laughs> I have I have points to make. <laughs> no. Firstly, no, you don't need to re-listen to the album. <laughs> we re-listened to the song for this year. That was relevant, and you know, well, you know, there was good and bad about that song. We don't need to re-listen to the album. Second point, <laughs> that video clip is getting used. You were using like proper Geordie rap hands while you were. <laughs> PJ and Duncan rap hands while you were, while you were doing that, but the, the song because I, I never had the album, I, I wasn't you know I will hold my hands up. I wasn't cool. I am literally holding my hands up. I wasn't cool enough to to own a PJ and Duncan album, but I do remember stepping. Well, I don't remember it, but the song Stepping Stone. I got the single uh, Stepping Stone. Uh, is that them? I hope so. <laughs> That's my new catchphrase. <laughs> I hope so. If it was, that was not on the album, but um, did they have hmm. more than one album? Oh, if they did, I'd, I'd um, abandon them. If there was a second one, oh, did they do what most pop bands from the nineties do, which is have one album and then release the greatest hits? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think so. The other reason why I like ninety four is I can really see me going from that kind of buying things like the PJ and Duncan album, being really like obsessed with Take That, just floating into the indie world. That's why 94 for me is really interesting because you've just kind of saying goodbye to some of that stuff and then like the really cool stuff's coming in. So another great example um, being right. So massive, another massive album for me in this year was um, Eternal. Um, so I included Always and Forever in my list because I and I did re-listen to the album like this week because it came up and I'm not saying that with any kind of sarcasm. <laughs> I it's a brilliant album. It's so good. I did not enjoy Eternal. <gasps> um, I did enjoy Louise nerding as she would have been at the time. I think um, very much enjoyed Louise nerding, but I did not enjoy Eternal. 
I'm sorry to do this for you, but don't worry, we'll always have PJ and Duncan. Well, kind of. I kind of feel like you're not 100% with that, so we'll see. <laughs> I don't think anyone's, well, maybe you, are 100% <laughs> behind PJ and Duncan. I think I am more of an Anton Decker. <laughs> So one hundred percent behind. Let's get ready to rumble. Yeah, not an awful lot beyond that. Oh, I remember they uh, they did it a couple of years ago on Saturday Night Takeaway, and I did actually do it. I did actually go. Oh my god, they're doing it! <laughs> so it's like goat. Uh, well, sticking with sticking with pop, a couple of us that I'd kind of highlighted. So stay another day, E seventeen, and that must have been the Christmas number one that year that's always on the Christmas albums. So I thought that was it. And that's where they've got those weird hoodies on, like those Santa hat hoodies. Or have they got Santa hats? I don't know. It was really weird because E17 were always like the boys you would never dare take home to meet your parents. And then all of a sudden they're all cuddly for Christmas. Well, I could be wrong on this. There's a probability I may be wrong on this, but I think the first video they brought out for that song wasn't that video. I think the first video they brought out was them sat around the piano singing it. Uh-huh. And then somehow it leaked this other video because they didn't want it to come out, but somehow it got leaked or whatever or shown somewhere. Then everyone thought it was that hilarious. They just stuck with that video. But it wasn't Santa hats, was it? It was just like hoodies with a massive white fluffy bit. Yeah. And I can't think of any... Well, there were Brian Harvey and there was Tony Mortimer, and I don't know the other two names, but I can remember one of them, this for the entire video, not even sure it was him, the hoodie was about two-thirds down his face. <laughs> you can see his chin for the entire video. Oh, yeah. I feel that way on most of my Zoom calls, so I might get. I might have to invest <laughs> in one. So, so there was that, and I thought we should have a special mention for Kylie because it was confiding me year, and I know most. Yeah, see, so you're straight in there with a with a nod because I think most guys, and probably like girls as well, like it's quite important that Kylie face because she goes all serious. Kylie's not a face. <laughs> she's like when you get a dog for Christmas. She's not just for Christmas; she's for life. Yeah, yeah. I haven't noted Kylie down yet. Not even for confiding me. No, oh, I've, wow. I've got the only songs I've got so far that you've said. Uh, uh, let's get ready to rumble. You, I couldn't not put that down. Um, and uh, Saturday night, I haven't got E seventeen on this list because, and this was probably E seventeen's best year. I can't believe E seventeen had a best year. This was E seventeen's <laughs> best year, but the. That to me, there was just some stuff that stands out more. I think it was a great year. Maybe yeah. not for music. Oh, that sounds wrong. Maybe not for like albums and, and bands, but for songs. There were some yeah. really, really good songs. So I'm just going to keep just sort of battering away then at my, at my poor list. Uh, so I've also put All for Love, which was from the Three Musketeers film. And controversially, I think this is a better song than... Um, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves song. I'd agree with that. Um, but oh, oh, no, right, don't tell me it was Brian Adams. Was it Sting? Yeah, I think so. And then the daddy. Who was the third one? Rod Stewart. Oh yeah, great. Right. Yeah, it's lovely. It's 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 a really nice song. Um, really, really rubbish film. The film has not made my list. Um, but I love that song. It, just really nice. So, I'm sorry, I'm laughing because I was thinking of 
it's not on my list. And then I've just seen one of the songs on my list and thinking, I can't believe I put this song <laughs> over that one, which you'll <laughs> find out in a minute. <laughs> well, it's just sort of linking the, the film songs was another song. It just seemed to me the thing we did in the 90s, we let songs stay in the charts for weeks and weeks and weeks. So we have to mention Love Is Love Is All Around by Work, Work, Work. And you have to sing that. We have to go, Love Is All Around. That's really, you have to do it like Marty Pello as well. Yeah, I'm not singing. Oh. Um, so I think... A couple more that I had. So I put Bon Jovi always for 94 as well. Um, a little call back to last episode when I said that's my favourite Bon Jovi song. Um, you really didn't You didn't say it was your favourite. You said it was the best one, which is incorrect. Oh, fuck. It's not the sake. best. It can be your favourite. This is mansplaining. It can be your favourite, but it's not the best. The, the best is, is in these arms. Well, no, because that's still opinion. That was fact. No, it's not. Right, we do a poll. How did the last poll no, go for you? I hate your polls. <laughs> it's like you load the question. Put stupid facts up like stuff by IMDB and that, you know, <laughs> the way it's categorized, as if that matters more than my opinion slash fact. Exactly. Exactly right. We'll do a poll. Um add uh black hole sun sound garden and that's what i'm talking about when i'm saying like there's these sounds of like rock and indies like starting to come through and sort of take over the charts um so i quite like that one um and i also had um zombie by cranberries um sort of coming in there and girls and boys by blur um is it girls and boys or boys and girls that one one of them Boys and girls. They should remake it now. Should re-release it the other way around for whichever way it actually yeah. is. So it would it work. Boys and girls. Oh, and um, I also had uh, <laughs> Swamp Thing by The Grid. That was that one is wicked, and I had that on his kitchen music earlier. And my son was just like, "What is this? This is amazing!" <laughs> and he did like the best dance. But that was that one that was like. <laughs> and then like that wicked like is it banjos and stuff like that like i was i very much enjoyed revisiting that one as well oh and baby come back <laughs> by ub40 and pato benton um because that's got the best line ever in it which is that one was going but a bye 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 but a bye 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 and his bag of sensei I don't even know what that is. But it's brilliant. <laughs> and That's I'm my... A... Sorry, go on. No, sorry. My favourite. I used to love singing it as a kid. It's like... <laughs> What's he say? With me TV, with me record collection, I'd be colour TV. <laughs> it's just like you thought... I just thought that was brilliant as a kid. I've just murdered it. I'm so sorry. Well, I have that down as my favourite song from 1994. The I whole loved it. year? Yeah. Right. It's, okay. It was my favourite song at the time, and I think it's brought back good memories. I can remember butchering it myself. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was awesome. I remember the video for that. They were jumping through the TV, weren't they? Oh, were they? I don't remember the video for Yeah, that. I think. Pat I'm like, I don't know, sat in his living room when they knew before he'd come on TV, and he jumps in TV and starts playing with men. It's all in black and white. Ah, oh, I remember. Oh, I vaguely remember sort of black and white things um yeah and then 
just honorable mentions to Sabotage by Beastie Boys, which is amazing. Um, and Buddy Holly by Weezer. What's interesting is there's only four songs out of uh, my 10 that you've mentioned. And I'm starting to wonder now if going forward, we're going to have less and less crossover. Not necessarily because we disagree, but because there's there's more quality. Yeah. You know, the I don't think the early 90s was quite as good as our... I thought it was when we first covered it. Now we're coming to the midnight. It's like, no, real stuff mm. now. Um, so that's that's going to be interesting. Because mine, uh, Love is All Around, uh, Saturday Night, Baby Comeback, The Griffs, song of 1994. And uh, Let's Get Ready to Rumble. I had those. I also had, and this is the one I was laughing at before, that I picked over all the songs you mentioned, was Think Twice by Celine Dion. <laughs> It did come on earlier. I did do um I did do a bit of a lip sync to it earlier. I'm not gonna lie. Um yeah, it was it was another one. It was in the charts a long time. Really like that song. And I used to have to pretend I didn't, you know, Although, to be cool. One thing that did like annoy me when I listened to the lyrics today, being now being a feminist, she don't have to do a lot for it. She basically says something like, um, Whatever it takes, whatever I've got to do, just whatever it is, I'll do it as long as you come back. You're like, shut up, Celine, you idiot. Speaking of feminist songs, <laughs> uh, I've also got Everything Changes from Take That. <laughs> Why is that a feminist song? It's basically Robbie Williams saying he's cheated on her loads of times, but it's all right because he only really wants her. Ah, uh, well, yeah. It's Robbie, isn't it? Yeah. Also, it's okay. As long as it's Robbie. <laughs> Yeah, well, it was a bit of a fight. So Robbie Williams used to be able to do no wrong until that video came out of him a few years ago where he was doing that stupid dance while his wife was in labour. And I was like, oh, <laughs> no. Ruined. Fair enough. Uh, I've also got Rhythm of the Night by Corona. Yeah, which... by the coronavirus. <laughs> it was its early work. I'd not even considered that. That went straight up on my head. Um, I have Can You Feel the Love Tonight by Elton John. Yeah, I had written it down, but I thought you would just sneer at it. <laughs> no, I love a bit of Elton. Uh, I, I was weighing up that and um, Circle of Life, uh, and I couldn't decide which one to put in, and I had to put one of them in, um, but I thought Circle of Life may get a mention later on. Hmm, mm. cheeky preview. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I love a bit of Elton John. Uh, I've also got uh, Things Can Only Get Better by D Ream. Yeah, uh, I just I, knew you'd mention it. I feel like it's been mentioned a bit. When I worked at uh, McDonald's, um, went to this meeting thing for all salaried, and there's like a big presentation room, a hall with about 200 people in. When we walked in, that's playing all the speakers. And I can just remember thinking, we can't get any fucking worse, can it? Oh. Um, and it didn't. And it, well, yeah, then it, well, then it got used by Labour, so, um, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, this isn't my ultimate, it's just the one I'm saying last. My ultimate song of 1994 was Baby Comeback. But this one, it really got me, it really cheered me up. It really got me quite <laughs> merry. And it loved me for a reason by Boys On. Oh, I was, uh, this was one where I was like, wow, I didn't know that they, I thought they didn't pop up till at least 96, 97. So it was one where I was like, oh, good for them. Good for them for pinging up in 94. Yeah. And yeah, I liked boy, I liked all the boy bands, but I think back and you think of some of the names and it didn't talk with me. It's literally called a boy zone. <laughs> yeah. And it just like, oh, yeah. it never sort of clicked on my head. It was just 
one word, but uh, there you go. So yeah, that that was me. And as I said, the E17. I think like you said about um, going indie. I think I was going a bit more dance than indie at that point. Um, not dance, like rave music, that side of it. Mm. It was probably I probably come into the the indie side and the brick pop late. It probably like late 90s, early 2000s when I started drifting over that way. I think I went into the dancing more because I think that's what everyone else around me was doing. So I just, you know, followed suit. Next next episode's going to be interesting then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Um, like your blurs, your pulp, your oasis, uh, they're sort of the big three, aren't they, I suppose? Um, oh, then I'll put them in the right order for you. Pulp, Blur, Oasis. They're sort of your big three. Uh, And I did like them, but I think they were more in the background initially for me. But now, I can't do with that music. No, (laughs) none of that shit. Give me a bit of Boyzone and Pato Batten. I'm happy with that. Just press skip when it comes on radio or that. There's one with Twat and Deck and Boyzone. Oh, I would tell you one that um, I didn't write it down, um, but it was normal. I was like, oh, that would be a good one to sort of do an impression of to see if you can guess this one. So- <laughs> <laughs> can you remember this was, and this made it to number one. I'm sure it was like, um, oh, the. Um- it, it was literally called Doop Doop yeah. Doop, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. it was like rara dancing as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I feel like at the end of that, after you try to explain the song to me, I need to say, hello, Peter Garbatch. <laughs> <laughs> it's all for you, Peter. That's why there's so many more in this week. <laughs> it's all for love, and it's all for you, Peter Garbatch. <laughs> Keep the memes coming. <laughs> Yeah, but yes, I'm, I'm very happy that we've been introduced to Boyzone. We've now got Take That and Boyzone. I'm thinking that now, when would Westlife come in and I get my favourite trio of bands of... No, I will take that back. What? I didn't say that. I think boy, uh, Westlife's more like 98, 99, but I also thought Boyzone were 96, 97, so I know nothing. I just remember Westlife... Um, when they used to get excited and stand up off the chairs yeah. during a key change, you were like, oh, I'm in business now. <laughs> Shit's just got real. Like, crazy. In the lovely white suits. Yes. <laughs> My brain immediately went to Gareth Gates. Oh. Bless. Well, no, he's not till the 2000s, is he? So we're safe no. We're safe from Gareth for now. I I. Well, I don't know about you, but I can sense an X Factor special coming up at some point. <laughs> yeah. Only the first, I, only the first seven or eight series. I gave up after that. I did. Well, I think I only really watched. Actually, was were they were they not pop idols? I think it were pop stars at first. Oh no, no, it was it was pop idol. So who won it first? Was it Will Young? Was he the first one? I don't know because. Um, then they went on to pop stars, I think, which were the bands, and it were Girls Allowed against that boy band that no one knows. And then obviously, did Girls Allowed win that? Yeah. Oh, my. oh, there were one before that, Hearsay. Yeah, That's I was going to say, which one was Hearsay? 
They were jolly. Yeah. And um, and the band that finished second to them, whose name I forget, they went on to have a bigger pop career, didn't they? I mean, that became a bit of a theme, didn't it? Yeah. With, with those. Anyway, we've gone way out of the 90s. Yeah, I got a little overexcited there. <laughs> I like pop music. Yeah. Does that mention a Gareth and you, woohoo, you're off? Well, he's local to me. Is he? Yeah. See, I do I do love Will. Um I could do a I can do a very good rendition of um, Leave right now. Let's let's hold that for when we get on to that year. Oh yeah, I'm not doing it right now. Yeah. Um in fact, no, screw it. That can be a Patreon special. Yeah. <laughs> Just me singing poorly. Cool, right. So we go on to TV. Uh, is there anything that we want to talk about between uh, music and television. No, I didn't get any events for 1994. There were two massive events in 1994 that you've clearly missed. Oh, uh, I can see where this is going. One of which was that Sky Sports 2 was launched. <laughs> right. So there was now two sports channels for the UK. Yay. That's it. Uh, the second one, and this is this, uh, you know, we need to take a moment for this because if you reflect back on 1993, I spoke about WrestleMania 9 and how Bret Hart was screwed out of the title. Do you remember this? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I know you're the taking notes. Mm-hmm. I'll send you my login details for the WWE Network so you can go back and watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, however, so yes, Bret Hart was screwed out of the title. Guess what happened in 1994 at WrestleMania 10? Um, did he win? He did win! Right. <laughs> in somewhat controversial style, because in the opening match, he had to fight his own brother, Owen Hart, who beat him. <gasps> but then he went on to win the title in the end, and his brother nearly came down to thank him, but then it led to a long, bitter feud going forwards. But yes, Bret Hart regained the title, and my childhood, you know, came back to life. After a year of disappointment, my childhood came back to life. Was he the one that wore those tiger pants? Was no, that's Robbie Williams. <laughs> no, no, like tiger stripe pants. Was that him? No. Um. No, I don't. Was... I don't. I don't really know who you're referring to. That. <laughs> I think it was him. No, like my was... pen that no one else can see. He uh, wears things like that. No. I know who you mean. You mean Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Uh, uh, but no, Bret Hart did not wear tiger stripes. He wore pink and black. Oh, uh, okay. That was that was me about as involved as I'll ever be. <laughs> you say that. Mm-hmm. Eventually, it'll wear you down and you'll go and have a nosy. Well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's my news. Um, so let's head over to TV then. What have you got in your list of TV programmes that kicked off, or at the least were around, in 1994? So I'm going to do something similar to how I started my music. I'm merely going to say a word from one of the shows, and that is, aha! That'll be Alan Partridge. Yeah. Knowing me, knowing thee. 
Yeah, which weirdly, I never watched in the 90s. Um, I was really old. When I, I don't know why. I have no reason why I didn't watch it. Um, always really liked Steve Coogan and everything like that. But it passed me by, um, but watched it um, probably in like the last 10 years or so was when I saw it. But it's brilliant. It's really good. And I've loved that brought it back. So all the new stuff that they did on Sky with Mid Morning Matters, all his books, his podcast is a thing of brilliance it's nearly as good as this one um just a brilliant character um um i can't really say any more about it i've been nervous that i've i've thought you're not a massive fan of this um so let's test that out now are you a fan of this yes oh good uh, but similar to you i didn't watch it till late although i think that actually applies with quite a lot of the stuff we've we've spoke about um i didn't watch a lot of the 90s stuff i think until the 2000s but yeah um, knowing me, knowing you, uh, yeah, I, I love Steve Cook, I love Alan Partridge, yeah. Um, I'm so sorry, I went to see Comet Relief, uh, Relief be recorded once, so I have seen him as Partridge as part of that. We need to get you a jingle and make it like a special <laughs> feature. Who has ever seen this week? Uh, it was, yeah, and uh, and he was on stage and he was interviewing the Milky Bar Kid grown up played by <laughs> Simon Pegg <laughs> oh. oh that's disappointing <laughs> I thought you were literally telling me that he was uh, interviewing the Milky Bar Kid grown up I got quite excited at that but right well in our in our elite squad there is someone that went to school with the Milky Bar Kid so I might be able to make that a naturality we might be able to get him I'm not sure how that would go down because I feel that I would probably <laughs> ask inappropriate questions. Well, well, that's how everything goes down. It'd be fine. I'm sure right, he's cool. used to it. Yeah, let's do it. Let's yeah. get the Milky Bar Kid on. Yeah, do you right. remember the other advert from the 90s? The one, I think it was Timothee or uh, it was some kind of shampoo. I was up as a Oh God, teenage boy does like a three o'clock in the morning watching TV downstairs. And there was genuinely a shampoo advert where the woman is completely naked in the shower, but you can see everything, right? Like massive. And it's a normal TV advert. It's not like a babe station or adult channel. It's like a normal TV advert, except you can see everything. It was one of the highlights of my youth. But for years, I assumed I'd dreamt it until... Um, a couple of years ago, I went back and did a search and found out it was true they did it. And because it was like three o'clock in the morning, they deemed it appropriate to put on adverts where women were completely <laughs> naked while washing their hair in the shower. Was it in the shower or was it, did she go into a waterfall? Because if she went into a waterfall, it was Timothy. Don't make Timothy anymore. I miss it. Um, just if anyone that could bring Timothy back to listening, that would be really good. Um, if she was making sex noises, it might have been herbal essence. I, I just remember nipples. I don't remember this. I think what's happened is, I think what you've done here is you've blurred what you were watching. And as you've fallen asleep, a shampoo ad's come on and you've kind of meshed no. them together. No, I promise you, because that's what I thought had happened. <laughs> Until I logged it up and it was a genuine... I will put the link in the show yeah, notes. we're going right, to need the this. link. There was, yes, it was a genuine thing. It was one of the highlights of my life. Also, um, well, I'm sorry, you can't call yourself a bottom fan if you're not calling him Timote. Yeah. <laughs> Do you use Timote? 
<laughs> because you should. <laughs> um, and yeah, my final word on knowing me, knowing you, my favourite quote. In fact, no, this might even be from a later series. So, but from Alan Partridge in general, I absolutely love the bit where he looks at the table and goes, "Yes, it's an extender." Because I have been that excited <laughs> to find out a table's been an extender before, and it's it's, it's beautiful. Um, yeah, so that's how I'm kicking off TV. Uh, knowing me, knowing you. That that's. That's a very good way to kick off a TV section. Shall we fall out next? I mean, we haven't done so far, <laughs> so it seems that seems like we should do. Right. So I've written it down um, in the fast show, um, and I just need everyone to know I I hate it. This is really annoying. Because I don't particularly like it either. Oh, so I don't like sketch shows. Um, I think they're really lazy. Basically, the first episode you watch of them, that's funny. Then they do the same joke every episode, just in a different scenario. See, I, I, I kind of agree with that. But there are some sketch shows. Oh, there we go. Some sketch shows that I like. Uh, one of which may be mentioned in my list. Um <laughs> But, no, I, I wrote the fast show down because I did watch it, but it was one of them that I used to watch because at that age, it wasn't an awful lot on. <laughs> yeah, no, that's and, very true. And I had one of the TVs, which I'm sure most people did at that time. Um, you had to turn over at the box. So I'd be <laughs> led in bed. I'm like, ah, I'm getting up. I'm just fucking leave it on. It's fine. I always had I always had a remote. No, for ages I had like uh, probably up until the age of about well probably up until I got my first computer like master system whatever it was which probably wouldn't have been long after this. Uh, but yeah, for ages I had one then we had to turn the knob to tune it in <laughs> and then pull it out, switch on it like nine buttons outside of it to choose your channel. So I'd just leave whatever crap was on telly. I'd just leave on. Yeah, I don't blame you. But yeah, okay. <laughs> so. Oh, spoiling for a fight there, but didn't get it. Um, so that's we'll stick with comedy. The other one I'd written down was Vicar of Dibley. Uh, yes, I have Vicar of Dibley. Very funny show. Oh, thank God for that. Um, I, I think I might have cried if you just said you didn't like it. Um, yeah, I, I think it's great. And it's one of those examples where a studio comedy really works. It really works for them to be in there and have that audience live and... It's just, and I think it's that other thing I've mentioned before. I grew up in a really small town and I've seen characters like that. Um, but yeah, my favourite character is Alice. Um, I just adore her. The, the one that always sticks in my head is when she's jumped in that puddle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those moments where I can, cause I'm not the biggest laugher. I tend to chuckle or smile, but that was one of the moments where I just cried with laughter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's and I'll just, it'll still make me cry with laughter now, you know, which is great. But yeah, it was a great show overall. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I've got an awful lot to add to that. Although just real, actually, just a nice show as mm-hmm. well, you know, harmless. Yeah, and it's because um, you kind of had um, Jennifer. Probably have we oh my goodness, I think we've overlooked Abfab, which makes me feel a bit queasy. No, but, that was um, last week. Abfab. Did we Night. mention it? Yeah. It's a blur. Um <laughs> okay, because you got Jennifer going off and doing that, and sort of I think Dawn was still sort of involved with it, but then it was just her having this character 
and just showing that they did that stuff as a double act, but they also could have like solo careers and they both had really interesting solo careers. Just love them. Um, okay, so let's go somewhere a little bit different. So another show which was important for me and I remember staying up late to watch this um, was Don't Forget Your Toothbrush. Such a good TV programme. Oh, thank God. I love that. It was brilliant. And it were, it, to me, I think that was, that's probably the TV show that kind of kicked off the 90s in, in, yeah. in it was a transition from the the bland 2.4 children uh, and that mundane crap that, that we had at the late 80s early 90s to 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 to, to brit pop almost brit pop tv yeah. and it would and looking back now it's you know it was probably a bit too in your face but it was the transition we did because in the nineties, the ninety generation, we never got this, 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 this rebellion, the rebel culture. So when you had the eighties and those sort of rebel against, they didn't going back every decade before, you know, Sex Pistols. It was all against stuff, but we didn't have anything to rebel against. So mm-hmm. it felt like we were rebelling against nothing. And but this was it, and I liked yeah. it, and it meant a lot to me. Did not forget your toothbrush. So excellent choice, Emma. Excellent uh, choice. I just. I just thought it was such an exciting idea that you would go and see a show and then you'd go on holiday if you want. I just thought it was weird because didn't they choose the person out of the audience? So it wasn't even like you had applied and you knew you were the contestant. You could just go and be in the audience and get picked. And I just thought it was seemed the most exciting thing in the world. You know that epic monologue I just did then that was really impressive and all that? Yeah. Yeah, I've got it mixed up with TFI Fridays. <laughs> But on the flip side, I did also like Don't Forget Your Toothbrush. That was quite a fun TV programme as well. I don't think TFI is even this year, is it? No. Because <laughs> it came after Don't Forget Your Toothbrush, so it probably will come in 97. <laughs> we won't be giving that next. <laughs> Amazing. I'm going to edit that out and just no. transfer it over into 97. <laughs> You're just going to have to memorise it. Yeah, I'm gonna make you can exact... do it again. Yeah, of course I can. I've had that <laughs> written down for four <laughs> Oh, awesome. Right, so we go from um, I, like, all that rebellion to Ready, Steady, Cook. <laughs> now, that's the first one I haven't got written down of yours. But I did quite like Ready, Steady, Cook. I used to watch it with my grandma. Yeah, it's like um, Ainsley Harriet was actually on... Um, the off menu podcast this week and he was talking about it and he said look it's just kind of what you need if you just got back from school or work you just need some people messing about in the kitchen and that's why it was like live in it it was just nice i think sometimes when it's just really formulaic which that is bring in a bag of shopping that's five pounds or less will cook you a lovely meal from it and some people used to be dead cocky and they used to try and stick some stuff in for dessert as well and then Anthony Warrell Thompson would always flambe and would always go, oh, oh, like the pan would be on fire. And that was like, and that, well, that's before he took to shoplifting, obviously. But um, I do have like nice memories of just sort of coming in, watching it before, before my dinner. I mean, two points. Firstly, how big was Ainsley Harriet's tongue? Like all the time, his tongue would just come out. And it's like, where's that come from? You want eel in your mouth. But then. <laughs> Also, I mean, God, it was the counterbalance to Don't Forget Your Toothbrush slash TFI Fridays. It is TFI, not the restaurant. I'm not getting it mixed up with that, am I? No, it was TFI. TFI Which is the restaurant? No, it's the same joke. 
it's the same thing, isn't it? It's the same play on words. No, but there's a restaurant that's called something similar, and I want to make sure I'm not getting them mixed up. No, they're both called the they're both called exactly the same thing. Right. Okay. I'm okay then. <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm just making a note of Ainsley Harriet and his large tongue. You might go on my list. <laughs> Oh, and we had an entry to your list today. Is this your, your I first? Think, well, maybe Ainsley now. Um, okay. Well, Steve Coogan, obviously, because he is hot. Um, although apparently, like such, such like such a slapper, like lots and lots of women. So, don't know how I feel about that. Like, like that makes a difference anyway. Um, anyway, moving on. Um, so I had ready, steady, cooked, and I had Frasier. Frasier. I don't have much luck with the American shows, but it was down, and I love Frasier. Before the US office came out, I would have said Frasier is the perfect comedy. Maybe we will fall out. Oh. I did not enjoy Frasier. Oh, no, hold on. Where everybody knows you. What one was that? Cheers. Cheers. Well, that's well, it's a spin off yeah, okay. from that. No, I didn't like Cheers so much. <laughs> Fraser was okay, but Fraser. not particularly. No, I not wasn't Frasier. over the moon with it. Yeah. Frasier. Fraser. Frasier. I wasn't particularly over the moon with it. I can remember, was it Daphne? Oh, yeah. So this is like the most, this is the weirdest claim to fame I've got in the world. So <laughs> hold on, I'll just get your jingle music ready again. It's so shit. It's so shit. But I love it. So my university lecturer, so I did um, creative writing at university, and my script writing lecturer <laughs> told us like we were going to be messing away. You know this. You know the show Frasier. We're like, yeah. He went, well, you know, you know the character Daphne. We're like, yeah. And he went, I know the woman that's based on. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's not a thing. You've got to, all of us could say that. All of us. I could go, yeah. That's my mum. Who's going to question it? So you knew the man who knew the woman (laughs) that Daphne was based on. (laughs) You're right, that was shit. (laughs) But that's what makes it good and worth sharing. Um, I will say Fraser Fraser, Frasier was one of those shows that I watched because I couldn't be asked getting up to turn the channel Uh, over. Oh, you think it's brilliant. I bored my eyes out at the last... The last episode, I was gutted when it, and they might be bringing it back. Yay! Yay! Uh, ah, okay. And yeah, well, that well, that's a nice one to end on then, because that that's all I've got for TV. Oh, now that's interesting because either you've overlooked one, I think, or I've got the wrong year on one completely. So I'm going to leave that to last. Just because this could be another Star Trek moment, but for me, so we'll, we'll see. get ready with the apology for next. I mean, the apology stings is all I'm going to tell you. No, because I've caveated already, so I've got away with it now. Um, Room 101 started in 1994, and I really uh, enjoyed Room 101. Was that when it was Nick Hancock? Probably. Uh, oh, was it Frank Skinner that did it after Nick Hancock? No, Paul Merton. Paul Merton. Has Frank Skinner ever done it? Yeah, he does it now. Right, okay. That, I'm okay there then. So that's good. <laughs> um, I've also got Thunder in Paradise. Never heard of it. Okay. It was a TV show with Hulk Hogan, oddly enough. <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. And he had like a big speedboard that go underwater. It was like Knight Rider, but on the water and shit. Oh, <laughs> 
So kind of like the Aquaman of those kinds of programs. Yeah. Yeah, very much like that, but with worse acting. Oh. A good goatee, though. We'll give him credit for that. Um, But, yeah, I remember watching it because it was Hulk Hogan and I was a big wrestling fan, but still thinking it was tripe. Ah. Um, Again, I'm going to shout this one. It's the couple of reminder. Harry Enfield. Oh, okay. I felt like that came up last week. And it was probably one of those where it's coming up on this because it didn't just run for one year, maybe. That might be because I think men behaving badly come up last week. So we're talking about Harry Enfield being on there. I don't know. Either way, a sketch show that I enjoyed. Yes, actually, you're right. I absolutely, I love that. But I think I liked it because Kathy Burke's in it. Um, I'll tell you one of my favourite ones of that was uh, Lulu. Lulu. (laughs) (laughs) Here's my thing with that, though. Kevin and Perry, right? Um, I always assumed was just an exaggeration, clearly, mm. because you do like an exaggeration for your comedy. Until my stepson turned 13, <laughs> right? And I, I will sound like I'm exaggerating, and I promise I am not, and I really hope he doesn't listen to this, right? But he used to wake us up at like R5, 6 every morning, sort of birthday and Christmas. He'd be all excited, wanting to open his presents, all that kind of stuff. And it was great. I loved it. I never actually felt like that was annoying. I genuinely loved it. Until his 13th birthday, which was the first birthday or Christmas ever that he didn't get up for. And we had to wake him up at about 10 o'clock or something stupid. And he literally made those noises. Oh, oh, not fair. I don't want to get up. Stupid presents. (laughs) (laughs) And he literally, his voice broke on his 13th birthday. It was like seeing the the, the Kevin transformation in in real time. It was brilliant. I remember the the easiest way to wind me up was if something like that came on. My dad used to look at me and and like nod and I should go, no, it's not like me. And he'd just be like even more like the character because it would make you dead stroppy. I think... And looking at the TV shows that, that we've got in 94, I think this is the year that I largely stopped watching TV with my mum and dad. Ah, okay. I, I, this is, must have been when I went teenager mode and avoided my parents. However, having said that, the next show I did watch with my mum and dad, so maybe not quite full diversion away from my parents, because I used to watch Due South. Oh, no, I didn't used to watch that. I, I love that show, and I kind of want to go back and watch it again to see if it's any good. Uh, it, just a mountie on a horse, and he yeah. had one of them sticks that he could electrocute people with. Oh. <laughs> you not sold it. No. Okay, fair enough. All right, so then we come on to what I would consider. Oh, I'm just going to give an honourable shout, actually, because uh, play your cards right, returned <laughs> after a seven-year hiatus. <laughs> Why are you laughing at playing your cards right? <laughs> it's a great, um, it's one of my most favourite icebreakers that I use at work <laughs> to sort of get people talking. So, yeah, just wasn't what I was expecting you to say. <laughs> Nothing for a pair in this game. <laughs> I don't know why I knew that would make you chuckle, but for some reason it did. Um, but yes, it returned after a seven-year hiatus, and I felt like I wanted to mention it, so I didn't have to wait till the 80s to mention it again, partly because I love Brucey. You know um, you sound like when you say when you say hiatus. No. John Virgo. Oh, I don't know if that's good <laughs> or bad. 
I think it's good. In fact, no. <laughs> Can we get you a waistcoat? <laughs> I've got one. Unfortunately, it don't fit anymore. So I'd have to get a new one. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you can sing the theme tune to Big Break and I'll just come pottering out in my waistcoat. Do, do a trick shot. <laughs> well, be a shot. Uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not cracking at snooker and pool. Oh. Uh, anyway, so we'll step away from play your cards, right? And my John Virgo accidentally <laughs> impression. I've got another one to add to my list now. I can add John Virgo yeah. to it. So I'm busy um, saying hiatus. <laughs> um, hiatus. I don't. How does that sound like John? I'm going to sound clip that and, and check it. Um, but yeah, then we come on to what is one of, if not, oh, it's definitely in my top three uh, TV shows of all time, which would be the X Files. And I heart yeah. back to don't pull that face when I mention <laughs> the show. I heart back to my entrance to entrance introduction to the show, which was. Um, what, might we not finally? I can't remember it. What was it? Might not turn to the fantastic as a possibility, and that was in the first episode that quote, and it was had me hooked from there. Now I think, and I'm not quite sure whether this came out in the UK at the end of '93 or whether it was released in America in '93, but it definitely kicked off in the UK in big style in '94, uh, and I was hooked from the episode with tombs. Which I know none of this will mean anything to you, but I'm talking. I'm going X Files for a minute, right? Uh, the the episode from Tombs, which when I first watched it, scared the crap out of me, and I couldn't watch it. And I don't think I saw it again for like another year when they must have repeated it, or whatever. Uh, and then I used to get all the trade. I've still got a lot of trading cards now, but yeah, epic. One of the greatest TV programs of all time until you got like to the last series and then it went downhill and then the recent series, which weren't great. But also one good film out of two and some fabulous comic books. Um, Not that it's relevant now. I don't think you should have been watching that in 94. I think it, you were too young for it. I was 100% too young for it. But How I was also watching awake? naked women washing their hair in some more tea. <laughs> what were you doing up at 3am, actually? This is a really good point. Like, I was definitely not up. I was like, I was feeling like a badass watching Don't Forget Your Toothbrush that was on at half 10. I mean, I don't think this was 1994 when I watched that woman. I don't know why that came into my head. <laughs> that woman. What, what were we talking about at the time? I don't know. It, I, I had some had an image of the one washing her hair with, with no clothes on. Um, but yeah, no, it, it wasn't appropriate. It was, I mean, some of it wasn't scary. Uh, some of it was just pure sci-fi, which was brilliant, but scary as crap. And I used to have it all on um, VHS as well at one point. And I've never been, that's probably my biggest regret in life is getting rid of my X-Files VHSs. Biggest regret in life? Yeah. Wow. 100%. I'd love to have them some VHS. And to have a VHS player, that would be kind of key to that. That was going to be my next question, is would you have the player to put them on? No, but still, just ha- I like collecting stuff. Yeah. Um. So it would be cool just to have that. I mean, I've got them on, on D- I think it's DVD, uh, and they're all on Disney now. So anyone listening, if you haven't got Disney, go get Disney because it's worth it. And Disney, feel free to sponsor us. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm plugging it. You know, there's seven yeah, listeners no, no, here. I need seven extra people. Um, that That's poor business acumen, that. <laughs> if, if we can generate them an extra £70 a month, they could pay us half that. 
Yeah, they're not known for their generosity. No, have you seen how much they bloody charge for Premier Access? Oh, Seventy no. quid or something stupid when they release a new show. Oh no, sad. no, sad that. Um, I remember I've seen one episode of the X Files, um, and it was where a man had lightning in his fingers. Oh, that may have been several episodes. Some of them did repeat a little bit. Uh- <laughs> they weren't all original. <laughs> But it made me feel really queasy, so um, I didn't watch any more after that. I have a real, you know, one of like my main problems with horror is tends to be stuff happens to people that's really out of their control. Um, I'd just be like a psychologist, like dream. It'd be so easy to read, but I can't deal with anything like that. And that happens a lot in like the X Files, doesn't it? There's stuff that happens to people out of their control, and they can't do anything about it. I hate anything like that. I hate metamorphosis type things. So it's just not for me. Well, I would say, I know we've discussed on this show about stuff that we're going to get each other to watch. I won't be making you watch X-Files because that is wholly inappropriate for someone like yourself. Uh-huh. I don't, I, yeah, it would just be, I just would tell you I had. Yeah. And blag it. Um, I do like the episode of The Simpsons where they did the X-Files special, though. That is very funny. Maybe you would like it after all. Well, no, it'd have to be as funny as Mr. Burns sort of coming out thinking he's an alien. Some of the fight sequences weren't weren't great. Um, Also, just before I come on to my last one, which may or may not be correct, uh, Ross Abbott's show started. (laughs) Why do you laugh at these? Why is this one? I I don't know. Just just save it towards the end. I'd rotened it down. There's a bottom reference. Yeah. Rotened it down, and then, uh, but it didn't make my top ten. So, when I did my research, it came up with coming out or being released in 1994 as Friends. Oh, okay. It's been at the back of my mind. I wonder when Friends did come out. So, Friends is a weird one for me. I wanted nothing to do with it. Whenever it was that it came out, I was like, no, Americans can't do comedy. I don't want to be watching that. So I didn't get into it until it was at least about five seasons in. So it hasn't been forefront of my mind, but I'm happy to talk about it because I love it. Uh, yes, let's talk about Friends for a minute then. I'm very much uh, peaks and trough with Friends. I was like you when it first came out. Well, necessarily because it was American. It was just the the in-your-face kind of canned laughter aspects of it, which, you know, at the time when we were watching, I'm just trying down, don't forget your toothbrush. It wasn't TFI. Don't forget, when watching that, it was it was sort of, it felt like genuine laughter. It felt like engagement. But watching Friends didn't. It felt like, here's a joke, you need to laugh now. Mm. Um, but then probably about five or six years after it first came out, I started watching it, really liked it for about 10 years. Nah, nah, don't give a crap. I've I've gone right off it, and I I think it's I've gone back to the the fakeness of it, and the um yeah, and not a big fan of it now, but I can see why people like it. Yeah, I am really invested in the whole um, Ross and Rachel thing. I hate the ending. Um, 
I could say it's been long enough, hasn't it, for people who've seen how Friends ends. I can I can talk about that, can't Well, I? it had 10 seasons, so, no, so it must finish in 2004, so that must make it about 18 years old. Yeah, so I'm good with this, aren't I? So it really pisses me off. So I basically rename Friends. I think it's the Rachel Green story. I think the whole thing is about Rachel, and you have to think about this because it starts off with her running away from a wedding, then it's about her finding herself, finding a place, finding a career, um, having a baby. And then the last episode's all about um, her going to Paris. And I think she should have gone to Paris because that would have been her truly becoming independent for the first time in her life. What's she do? She cheeses Ross. And it really, really annoys me that she basically gives up this amazing job an amazing career to go and be with somebody who let's face it is borderline creepy probably a narcissist towards her i'm probably getting into sort of deeper stuff here but it really pisses me off terrible role model she should have gone to paris see this is why people don't like feminists you just ruin tv shows <laughs> one of the most celebrated tv shows of all time when you ruin it with shit like that you know, women should be free to do what they want and not have to just follow their beholden masters it's it's now, although I agree wholeheartedly, <laughs> <laughs> I have very, very similar thoughts to it. Um, the, the the thing is with that show, there's there's some brilliant. I know I kind of slagged it off before, and I don't like it so much now. But there are some brilliant comedy moments in there. You know, there are times in that show it's very, very heartwarming. But the, also with the end, and I know this is probably more um, sort of a. a a well-known opinion than than yours, but I hate the fact that the way Joey was left. Mm. You know, they all went off in pairs, and I know why they did it because they want to do the Joey show. But it's like, no, fuck that! It's the end of this show, and like you said, they've made it about Rachel, and so it finishes because of that. But we'll just leave Joey over here, you know. And then there was the whole thing, and I forget it might have been season six where Chandler, I think he was ill or he had like a drink problem or something like that. And it was almost as if through spite, they spent the entire season just ripping into him throughout the show and like making him the butt of jokes. And not like it was not even so much funny joke, just almost insults. And, mm. you know, I, there was a lot of, yeah, I think there was a lot of spite in that. And yeah, God, we're ruining the Friends franchise. Uh, I think there's stuff to be said. I think my least favourite thing that they did, and it was around Joey, it was when Joey was learning French. And I was like, he's not that stupid. Yeah. He's he's already said he can learn those massive medical terms, so he would be able to learn another language. I don't know. It lost its way, but there are still some amazing episodes. So the one where they lose the apartment, that's yeah. a, that I think that's probably about its peak of I like all the Monica and Richard storyline because yeah. Tom Selleck on the list <laughs> um is in is in those and, and I loved all that. I love any episode where Monica and Ross's mum and dad come in. Um one of my favorite lines from the whole of Friends ever is uh, when um Jack says uh, um, Judy, you finally did it. She's full. <laughs> like, um, he's amazing. Um, what's the actor that plays him? It's from Mash, isn't he? I couldn't tell you his name. But even that, I think that the way that they do the whole Monica being fat thing, 
And again, I know that we have to exaggerate stuff to make it funny. I, I get that. But I, I never found it funny. I, I, that was a funny line that you just mentioned, yeah. But I think the the way she was depicted, was it was just never funny to me. It just felt like it was insulting. And yes, insults can be funny, as we've seen on this show with the way you speak to me. But the, <laughs> but it never felt funny to me, that, that aspect of it. But there were some great moments in it. The, the, I loved Phoebe. Yeah. Throughout the show, she was my favourite character every time. And it still pisses me off to this day when you get, who would you rather, Monica or Rachel? I'm like, Phoebe. <laughs> it's like the, um, like you've said before, with the Oasis Blur thing, everyone forgets about Pulp and everyone forgets yeah. about, what's her name? Um, Lisa Kudrow. Who, I don't know, we're not talking about looks, but she's ridiculously attractive and probably the nicest person out of the three females there. And oh, that's how she comes across to me, at least. And I think that her storylines and her acting in it is phenomenal. And the that that scene where not the scene, but the storyline of having the the triplets and then giving to her brother, mm. it's like that's played brilliantly. It's played phenomenally, and she's got a really heartwarming story behind the whole thing, hasn't she? Of how she she got, I think she got turned down for Fraser, and then got taken mm. on for friends, and got a really heartwarming speech. Right? And also gives me a chance to do this. <laughs> Chanandela Bing Bong. <laughs> my favorite impression of all time. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> it's not night. just pedophiles. Was- I can do anyone. Amazing. We just never knew. Did it so calmly as well. Brilliant. <laughs> Also, uh, and it's only tweaked today, where you're talking about more people going onto your list. Um, I think that you might be a secret wrestling fan. Eh? There, don't pull that face for me. <laughs> um, there's there's um, a wrestler called Chris Jericho who once had this big stick that when uh, you say, you've just made the list, and then he'd write people on his list. Oh, fuck off. I mean, there's there's ways to try it. There's way better arguments to say I'm a fan of wrestling other than I have a list. I've got a shopping list. Does that make me a wrestling fan? No, but I, I was all thinking that's that's the next T-shirt. Is <laughs> you with a list? <laughs> no, yeah. Just all the names of all the men that I want to sleep with. And then if they spot themselves on it, they could tap me on the shoulder. Yes. It's efficient. Yeah. So I the like front it. is you holding a list saying like Emma's special list and the back is a list of everyone. It's the actual yeah. list. Yeah. Yeah. And then who, who knows? Updated versions, there might be lines through certain names. I mean, my my concern is that a lot of people that we're talking about now were like maybe 40 in the 90s. So, we're looking, <laughs> you know, you might have to add some some younger versions on. They might have children, you don't know. Don't kill the dream. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I mean, we'll, we'll fact check to see where our friends was on, but it, it was, out of all the shows we've spoken about so far, from all the nineties, that's probably the the biggest show of the yeah. lot. Um, and I still, as we've mentioned, have massively mixed feelings about it. Um, I keep trying to rewatch it and failing miserably, but uh, it's all right. But yeah, X Files, the original, and no one can see this. The original X. <laughs> still love that show. 
Can I bring in um, one special mention? And it probably should have been, it should have come in earlier, but um, it's I've very al- current. I've already mentioned Russ Abbott. <laughs> no, it's another R star. Um, <laughs> just because it's on the TV at the minute, and I did post about it in the group, and it's, I just want to mention that Ruby Wax um, and Ruby Wax meets because they're like revisiting all of her interviews at the minute. And this probably should have been brought up in an earlier episode because it kind of spanned across most of the 90s just kind of wanted to drop that in there and actually say if anyone's watching the BBC show when Ruby met it's brilliant and looking back on some of those interviews um this week's is going to be amazing it's the Jim Carrey interview and I really remember that one because he wraps himself up in a rug while she's talking to him um so yeah just wanted to mention my hero just to clarify while you're saying this week's um, this will be oh. two weeks ago for anyone listening now. Go back and yeah, check out. Disappointed. Yeah, go back and check out the Ruby Wax interview with Jim Carrey from two weeks ago. Yeah, and it's the last one tonight as well. <laughs> well, go back and watch a whole series. Yeah, you can binge watch three together. Awesome. Anything else on film other than you know telling people to watch stuff two weeks after? Well, yeah, well, nothing on film because we're doing TV. Anything else on TV <laughs> other than telling people to watch stuff two weeks after? And the fact you've lift laughed over that means and I can't edit it, so thanks for that. So now I have to look stupid. I'm generally... I mean, the amount of stupidity that comes across on this show is actually edited down. Yeah. It's usually a lot... It's actually a lot worse. Yeah, you're very kind to me. This is the you take out that I say. <laughs> I nearly said summer. Oh, there you go. So shall we shall we move on to film then before I do say something? <laughs> yes. Uh, right. So who wants to go first? I've got a proper 10. I've seen them all. Um and I've got my I've circled my my favorite one to sort of mention last. So I've done it properly for once. Hold on. You've got 10. Yeah. You've seen them all. Yeah. And you've got a favorite. Yeah. Fucking far away. <laughs> right. So, um, Four Weddings and a Funeral has to be mentioned. It was the, it kind of brought the rom-com, particularly the British one, back. Just think, I think it's a really good film. I love it. I watch it most years. Uh, I need to call out, uh, what's what's her name? Um, Andy McDowell's extremely wooden acting. Like, have you ever put have Andy McDowell and Keanu Reeves ever been in a film together? Because wow, I mean, Keanu, I love you, but uh, and it's the line she says at the end where Hugh Grant goes something like, "Oh, you poor thing, like I'll get you my jacket," and she goes, "Oh, is it raining? I hadn't noticed." <laughs> I'm just like, did it not go? I mean, they must have had to like do so many takes and that was the best one that's the bit that worries me about that but other than that i just think it's a it's a brilliant film it's the moment you've been waiting for folks an hour and 10 minutes into the show hour and 15 minutes into the show it's nonsense it's crap it's (gasps) boring it's It's not boring it's four weddings and a funeral there's nothing to enjoy about that film Oh my god! It's been like I think the first word of it's fuck, right? It's just oh, it's so funny. It's so funny. Um, like going down like that mini when they're driving in the mini, and um, 
and the late and then she goes when she walks down the aisle and she's got a dress in her pants and Rowan Atkinson as the vicar getting the word wrong that's amazing oh and little shout out to it's like the the smallest bit part and it's when Hugh Grant's doing his best man speech and he sits down and the guy goes Charles um and he I know he's are you my brother or something like that? And he goes, no, I think you must mean another Charles. Goes, you say I don't know my own brother. And oh, sorry. You would have to start a just giving account for to raise money for charity to get me to watch that film again. Oh my God. <coughs> I, I didn't press mute then when I coughed when I tried to. <laughs> have I been muted all this time? No, I cannot stand for weddings not sure it goes into a batch of attempted well not attempted because they are roms so rom attempted comms um alongside stuff like love actually and other nonsense you need to be really careful with love actually yeah we'll talk about that crap when we come to a christmas oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. no not having it nonsense it's just no there's no there's no pleasure in in uh for weddings and a funeral uh, uh, there's going to be a big gap that <laughs> just like absolutely dumbstruck by that. All right, well, sticking with a the wedding theme, I'm going to have Muriel's wedding. Never seen it, not on my list. Oh my god, no, that genuinely is funny, and that's like Australian humor, which is quite dark and sarcastic. That that's a really that is a genuinely really good film. That's a good comedy. What, what I like is the way you're saying that. It's as if you're saying, no, I understand that for weddings and funeral is crap, but this one actually is funny. No, it's me just going, there's no point trying to sort of defend for weddings. You're right, there that. isn't any point trying to defend it. Oh, uh, But Muriel's wedding is a different sort of humour, which I think could potentially appeal to you. However, it does have an ABBA soundtrack. I like ABBA. Oh. <laughs> Well, it's got an ABBA soundtrack. I got really disappointed the other day when I put a post up in the group about who was excited that ABBA's back, and every fucker said no. Uh, and I'm like, oh, well. Me included. Oh, I'll celebrate by myself then. It's fine. <laughs> well, one of them's been a hermit. Like, why has she come out of hiding all of a sudden? Money. Uh, money. Yeah. Money, That's money, fair money. enough. Exactly, yeah. Excellent line. <laughs> But yeah, I you know the way you've sold it, I will probably attempt to give what's it called Muriel's wedding. Muriel's wedding. It's um, Tony Collette. It's like one of her early roles. Um, so she's like, oh yeah, it's, it's. I think it's brilliant. Um, it's kind of um, there's like a bit of sadness attached to it as well. But I I loved it. I loved it when I was when it came out. Still love it now. Okay, right. So I've included it also in something which was a huge film for the year, but I think it is generally one of the most overrated films of all time. Um, and that is Forrest Gump. Oh, well, don't feel like it. It's not on my list. That's fine. I thought I were going to say something else. I'd agree with you. It was so the relief. I just, it, it actually quite annoys me, um, the plot, this whole this whole thing about he can overcome absolutely anything and just the reality would be different. Just 
just don't get it. All right. So I'm going to move from that. I'm saving one because I've got a quote to see if you'll guess the film. So I'm going to go into comedy um, and I'll do two together, actually, because they're both um, Jim Carrey films, because it's basically Jim Carrey's really starting to sort of come to the forefront. So we've got Dumb and Dumber um, and The Mask. I love one of those films and I like one of those films. Which one I think do you think you I love? love Dumb and Dumber, you like The Mask. No, all the way around. Uh, I enjoy Dumb and Dumber. It's a good film, but I don't really watch it. But I love The Mask. I, that, And I think that's more memories than than, than film. It's, it's one of the first films that... I, it might actually be the first film I saw by myself at the cinema. Um, like when my dad's taken me to it and then dropped me off. <laughs> You know, um, but I, I just, I, I loved that film at the time and I can still watch it now and have a good laugh. And um, I, I I am going to give a little note, a note, a uh, mention to the film debut, which was the debut of Cameron Diaz. And yeah. I don't think you can have, and this is probably going to sound a bit sexist, but whatever, a better film debut than the 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 shot they gave her, starting at the feet and working their way up when she's in that little black dress. I don't think you can have a better film entrance than that. Yeah, maybe. But I love The Mask, and I do like Dumb and Dumber. Dumb and Dumber's not on my list, The Mask is. Um, so I um, I don't know why it came to something like my son is four, and people would judge me now, but he's a lot, he does watch quite a lot of YouTube. And I don't know why, but clips of The Mask were coming up, and he was like, Mummy, can we watch this? And I was like, yeah, we can. <laughs> oh, yes. And we put it on and I was like, oh, this is not appropriate for a four-year-old at all. It's only a PG. But in terms of like what you don't want your four-year-old to see, there's like, he like he's going to do like balloon animals and he throws a, a Johnny away at one point. He shoots loads of stuff. He think he smokes. And I was just like, I was like so excited for it. Luckily, my son got bored with it and was just like, no, um, I'm not interested in this anymore. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff in it, which as a mum made me so uncomfortable um, for him to see. We have clearly like transcended social media. YouTube obviously knew we were talking about in 1994 and started feeding stuff out to people about 1994. It's my son, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's this. Um, yeah, and like, I might go like, one of the best scenes in Dumb and Dumber is definitely um, the Mockingbird song. I love that bit. Because <laughs> could you imagine a more sort of annoying parent to sort of be stuck in a van and they go, Mark, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> And I was like, what's the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> See, I just like the dog car. Yeah, yeah. I did, um, I don't know if it was last year, I did a, a top 10 of film cars. And I think I had that one at number three. And I think number one, oh no, number one, that meant DeLorean. But I had the, the Ghostbuster, car, Ghostbuster car in there somewhere, the, the Ecto or whatever it's called. And I, I put it up on it. I don't. I didn't get an awful lot of uh, interaction on any of the other ones, except everyone coming on to tell me I'd called the Ghostbuster car the wrong name, and it wasn't the Ecto. It was the Ecto One or yeah. something like that. I'm like, oh, shut up! Yeah, my ears twitched at that. So, um, fun fact: um, Ecto One was one of my wedding cars. Oh, don't do it. It's obviously bad luck. <laughs> no, a little bit jealous. Yeah. Um, Right, so yeah, so Dumb and Dumber. Um, then um, Philadelphia, and um, I'm going to sort of 
I think it's a beautiful film. I've only seen it once, though. Um, and I, again, saw it fairly recently, probably the last five years, trying to watch all of the Tom Hanks films, basically. But I, I think it's a stunning film. But you don't really want to watch it more than once because it's quite a depressing theme. Never seen it. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, I know what it's about. And I think that's probably why I've never seen it because it does sound quite yeah. depressing. And there are some films that I just think, I don't, I know it's going to make me sad. You know, it's like films with dogs in. I, yeah. I never want to watch them because I, I know what often happens to the dog. And that's the worst thing in the world. I don't need to yeah. see that. I watched Marley and Me and I, I couldn't watch TV for about three months after that. Oh, uh, Marley and Me is the worst. Um, the worst and it's the oh it's such a beautiful doll oh yeah I, I watched it once yeah never ever again if if you haven't watched marley and me first of all yeah apologies for spoiling it for you secondly we're doing oh, them a favor yeah i'll just watch like the first hour yeah because that's funny and amusing yeah when he's when he's trying to run along the road out the car with <laughs> yeah. me it's amazing um, so um i think i've got I've got three left, so I'm going to mention The Lion King because, again, like like The Lion King, I think it's another one. Maybe press stop. Yeah. <laughs> like. But it's, um, I think it's quite well known. It's it's essentially Hamlet, isn't it? I want no, I'm not up on Shakespeare. Yeah, I think so. I think it's the 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 plot to Hamlet. Um, yeah, it's great, great voice cast. What's that giggle for? <laughs> That you've known me long enough to know that I won't know a single thing about Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> I make no assumptions about what people might or might not know about, because I think that would be quite patronising. I, I would not be offended if you looked at me and spoke to me and thought, he doesn't know much about Shakespeare. I'd probably take that as a compliment in that <laughs> I put myself across quite accurately. <laughs> But no, I wouldn't say turn that off because I think that, that that's one of the things. I think when stuff happens early in films, I don't mind it because it's got a chance to redeem yeah. itself. But when films like Marley and Me, or I mean, we should probably talk about films from the 90s, but I don't know when of these <laughs> apply. But when films like Marley and Me or Moulin Rouge happen and it's right at the end, it's like, no, screw mm. you. Screw yeah. you, wait until the end. I enjoyed this film until this bit. Wow. Okay, so my next film then would be a happy film. Um, and I'm going to lead in with a quote. So if I go, pop quiz, hotshot. No, I don't know that one. <gasps> I've got your other quotes, but I, I don't, that doesn't ring a bell for me. There's a bomb on a bus. <laughs> it's the next line. Oh, that'll be speed then. <laughs> yeah. What am I? So I had the I had the movie poster of this above my bed. Um, I miss that movie poster actually. Um, had some good times. Uh, I love this film. This film really was a bit of an awakening for me um, and getting to know Keanu because Keanu had his he had his haircut, so he'd, he'd gone proper action man for this. Um, and it's another one with Jeff Dan Jeff Daniels on my list. Um, He's always adorable as Harry in this. Um, love him. I just think it's one of those. The 90s was massive. Oh, my God, we're going to do... I've just thought of an action film we'll be doing in the next couple of episodes. Um, it's the action era, and Speed's up there with one of the best action films of all time. 
um the bus when it goes over that hole in the freeway <laughs> and defies gravity is amazing and i like the fact of when they come out of the subway tunnel uh, at the end and they've just gone through this horrifying experience he then hits on annie he's like just that's that's the moment to go hey we should we should like get on and just like really you've literally just nearly been killed about eight times we need to talk (laughs) you've just referred to speed as one of the greatest action films of all time which it is you cannot make that statement for two reasons firstly mansplaining firstly it was only a couple of years ago you told me you don't like action films, <laughs> which implies that you haven't seen a lot of action films. So therefore, you cannot categorise something as the greatest action of all time if you don't watch action films. Secondly, <laughs> you haven't seen Die Hard, which is widely regarded as one of, if not the greatest action films of all time. So if you watch Die Hard and still declare Speed as a better action film, I will accept that. You cannot declare Speed... <laughs> as the greatest action film of all time until you have seen Die Hard. Oh, my God, you harbour onto things. You're not supposed to re- you're not supposed to do callbacks that go against me. I have probably seen more action films <laughs> than I think as well. Uh, there's one, like I said, there's one coming up about convicts on a plane that I've just was like, oh, yes, I can't wait to talk about that. I don't, um, I don't think I know that one. You will. Nicolas okay. Cage. Okay. I don't think so. We'll find uh, out. It'll be on my list um, in in a few years' time. Um, I don't know. I well, I stand by. It. It's still one of my all time favorite films. It's another one I pretty much know off by heart. Um, I, Dennis Hopper's just an amazing villain in it, um, and I just I just like the way it developed. It starts off in the lift, then it's on a bus, then it's on a train, and what I also like is. B2, which will not be on my list because how rubbish does a film have to be when you've got Keanu going, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. And then all they did was was they put it on a boat. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, one of the greatest films of all time. I think Speed 2, which was one of those films that I just switched off halfway through and never went back to. And I think that probably about some speed to up. But I, I did enjoy Speed. Again, I saw that one at the cinema and I can remember loving it. And then I bought the VHS when it came out. And and I would kind of concur with you that it is one of the greatest action films of all time, in my humble opinion. But, you know, this is someone that's seen some action films. Right. Okay. <laughs> So, my ultimate 1994 film. And I'm going to do a quote from it, but I don't think you'll have seen this film. But we'll see. So, I'm going to do my... I need a bit of an accent for this as well. Uh, So, if I went, no women, no children. No no what? No women, no children. No women, no children. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The accent implies Jean-Claude Van Damme. Well, that's not a million miles away. That's not a million miles away from what I'm going for. So I'm I'm all right with that. Right. But in which case, I don't know then if it's not Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, it's Leon. Leon? Yeah. Oh, 
Oh my goodness. Right. So this is definitely going to be my recommend. Uh, so, Leon, a film by Luke Besson. Oh, the oh. film is called Leon. Yeah. I thought you were telling me a half of an actor's name. No, no. The actor is Jean Reno. Um, and I forget, I forget if Jean Reno is Italian. I think Jean Reno is French, but he plays in Italian. And that's where it's confusing. Um, Leon, also known. Um, as the professional or Leon the professional it's about a hitman who um, has to take in a little girl who is um, orphaned by a hooky cop played by Gary Oldman and if you think Dennis Hopper is a good buddy you ain't seen nothing you see Gary Oldman in this film Leon and it's and it's it's one of those films because it's Luke Besson like there's the direction in it is is just amazing. Now I know Luke Besson is problematic because bad things sometimes happen to people on his sets that he doesn't really apologize for. However, this film is stunning. And if you haven't seen it, you should watch it because it's it's probably a perfect film. I I will well I've written down Leon film. Um, so I will watch that at some point. I will take that recommendation and I will watch that recommendation and I will provide you with feedback on said recommendation. Good. That's me. That's my that's my 10. You said two out of my 10. Yeah, I'm really worried for your list. Um I, I'm oh. gonna I'm gonna be like, I'm just gonna be straight with you. I've never quite got over the four weddings and a funeral, so I can't wait to rip all these to shreds. I'm just gonna just gonna let you know where I'm at. Well, I reckon out of the ten or the eight that I've got written down, I reckon that you have seen two. Oh. <laughs> um, also, one of the ones I've got written down, I'm surprised you didn't say, which much like Friends implies it's probably not from this year. Uh, there's a strong chance. So we'll, we'll see when we get to that. But before I do my top ten, top ten I think that before I forget, I'm going to mention this because this is, I think, like episode five that we've done now. And so far, we've not actually told anyone to subscribe. So <laughs> I'm going to take a moment to plug the show. So if you're listening, click subscribe so it goes straight into feed. And if you're enjoying the show, I'd like it if you could leave us a nice little five-star review. And if you're leaving us a five-star review in that review, and I want this with no context, I want you to tell us someone that you think would make Emma's list. <laughs> so just do the review. Just like the normal review and then leave a couple of spaces or a couple of lines and just type in someone that you would think make Emma's list. And every week we'll look back on that and we'll see if you're right or wrong. I think this could be a fun game. It is. Yeah. I'm in. So yeah, five episodes in and we're plugging the show. Yes. Well, good. <laughs> yeah, so thanks for listening. Um, so we come on to my so yeah, I had the Lion King and I had the mask. I didn't have speed, although I do like speed, but you know, some have got to go. Um, so uh the I'm gonna throw this one in straight away just in case it is the wrong year, but I've got pulp fiction. Oh no, I had pulp fiction, I forgot to say it. You say that it is, it's on it is on my list. You oh, hate I, pulp oh, fiction. I feel terrible. Yeah, it's a very good addition. Um, I like Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction was, the, I think, I didn't watch it this time. I probably watched it in the late 2000s. And it was like, it was um, almost like a dawning realisation. Oh, films can be like this as well. Yeah. You know, not like just a standard um, 
girl gets kidnapped, man saves girl, everyone's happy. It's like, oh, they can actually have these really interesting plot twists and stuff and where it's not A, B, C. Um, so, yeah, that was that was my take on Pulp Fiction. And I don't think I, I'm getting that confused with anything else. I I um, I always remember that was one that my parents would just sort of never... Because I did used to watch quite a lot of films with my mum and dad that they wouldn't have watched that because of the drug... Um, the drug reference and the drug use. They would have been fine with someone getting shot accidentally in the back of a car and them having to clean that up. But the the fact that she would have um because she does um just a bit well she thinks it's coke, doesn't she? Um that that would have been my mum would have been like no. But it was just like achingly cool. Like what like the dance sequence in it. And I think we spoke about this before like Tarantino he brought John Travolta back basically that was John Travolta back in in Hollywood made him cool yeah um what was his name that got shot were it Marvin yeah that's one of my favorite scenes and annoyingly I've kind of forgotten the lines and stuff but it's like someone like oh my god I just shot Marvin or something yeah. like that um which was brilliant but yeah I, I enjoyed Pulp Fiction uh I also have uh written down um Stargate yeah Never seen it. No, I assumed you wouldn't have. Uh, I very much enjoyed Stargate. Um, so, I, uh, go on. Who's there's somebody in it? Um. <laughs> yes, yes, you are correct. <laughs> oh, what's his name? Who's the guy that's in Secretary? I, I no, I couldn't tell you. Oh, I can't believe you're asking me who were in films. Well, you know, he's, this a, he's go in. Well. Um, the main guy in Stargate, who plays him? I'm not good with stuff like this. Whoever he is, he's on my list. <laughs> oh, so just we, you don't need a name. We can just put the main guy in Stargate. Maybe my list could be a bit like Death Note, where you just I just have to be able to envision it, and then that's it. That's enough for them to be on my list. You've not seen Death Note, have you? I'm not so seen Death Note. We. Right, sorry. Continue Stargate. No, not not an epic monologue about Stargate. Just enjoyed it. It, it. it, I think it's one of the films you can watch now. It's a bit cheesy. The effects are phenomenal, but it's a good film. It's just a good sci-fi film. Speaking of good sci-fi films, we also have Star Trek Generations, which again isn't one of the greatest, but it's Star Trek and it does feature both uh, um, Jean-Luc Picard and uh, oh crap, Captain Kirk. Is that because it's Generations? Yes. Oh! Yeah. Uh, very cheesy, but it's one of the films in Star Trek, one of the Star Trek films where I think you you can kind of sit there with a daft grin on your face and just enjoy it, whereas a lot of the others, are, they're, they're very, uh, uh, you know I'm a Star Trek fan, but they're very poor fist. whereas as this one, it just feels like it's a bit more fun. So we'll leave Star Trek Generations from there. Speaking of fun, uh, Street Fighter came out in 1994. The film. Has that got Kylie in it? It's got Kylie in it. There's my and Kylie And Jean-Claude Van Damme. And Jean-Claude Van Damme. That's all and I know about it. It's so good. Genuinely. Has it got Mila Jokovic in it as well? No. Well, yeah, possibly. I, I, I don't recall her being in it. Uh, she yeah. may have been, but it, it's it's pure cheese. Uh, and if we're looking at a film 
sorry, what uh, what do you call them? computer games to to film? We spoke about Super Mario Brothers the other week, and that was atrocious. <laughs> I don't. I think this was really good. Again, the effects and the acting, not great, but just a really good fun film. And Did you rewatch this one? I started rewatching it, but I got distracted by a lot of horror films. <laughs> I did the day recently where I needed a day off and I watched five horror films on the trot. Started oh. watching Street Fighter, then got bored and went on to watch stuff like Late Mungo, which I would highly recommend. We're not going to get to this so we get to 2010s, right? But I'm going to recommend to you Lake Mungo because it's not scary. It's classed as a horror, but it's not scary, but it's like a true crime documentary. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. Lake yeah. Mungo, it's a true crime documentary. Check it out. You can get it on Amazon Prime. I think it's even on YouTube. But either way, um, that's not 1994. Um, how did I get onto Lake Mungo from Street Fighter? Because you were watching Street Fighter, got distracted, then you went to watch your horrors. Yeah. So yeah, just I would advise that if if you if you're having a couple of drinks and you want to watch some of that, will make you chuckle. Bang on Street Fighter. Uh, also, speaking of films that will make you chuckle, Naked Gun, 33 and a third. Oh, okay, yeah. The only actual comedy. I don't tend to have lots of comedies in my lists. I don't think I like comedies that much, mm. which is odd. I think no. it's because I have to, I'm hard to make laugh. So I think it, the comedy has to be really, really good, of which Naked Gun 33 and a third is. Yeah. And four weddings and a funeral. And uh, speaking <laughs> of stuff that makes you laugh, although this wasn't intentional, uh, but it's one of the greatest films of all time in all of the wrong ways. Tammy and the T-Rex. i never seen it. You have to watch Tammy and the T-Rex. <laughs> it is so bad. It is brilliant, right? I'm not going to give you the plot synopsis. I'm not going to spoil it for you. If I could give you one piece of advice for the rest of your life, It'll be go take out Tammy and the T-Rex. Within 10 minutes, you will text me just with three letters. WTF. <laughs> and at the end of the film, you will text me the same three letters, but with several exclamation marks. <laughs> it's, the, it's the T-Rex that is like the worst like designed effects, whatever the, the practical effects. It's absolutely abysmal, <laughs> but it's so good. Okay. Can you not the, the enthusiasm I'm giving you here is not selling you? Oh no! I told you I'm still reading from four weddings and a funeral, so it's going to take more than that. Okay. Let me come to two. The last two. Um, I was about to say oh, I was hard to split these two, but it's not because I've got an ultimate favourite, so I don't know what I'm talking about. But um, call back to a few a previous episode with the crow. Ah, okay. Uh, a, a great film. I've only seen it a couple of times, but it, it's sort of one of the. I mean, it's essentially it's a superhero film, a dark superhero yeah. film, which is just real. Have you seen The Crow? I have. Yeah. Did you like The Crow? I did. I didn't want to watch it for ages because it made me feel creepy. Because it, it's not just because he died making it; he died doing one of the stunts for it, didn't he? So it made me a bit, um, almost a bit scared of it. But yeah, what I, I think it's a great film. Yeah. And, and again, uh, flat wrestling reference. The, I've mentioned this before, but Sting modelled his all. Uh, what was it called the Crow Sting? Um, anyway, Sting. Sting. The wrestler Sting. Uh, there's a oh, okay. <laughs> Not like the musician. <laughs> oh no, he didn't model his career on, on the Crow. 
There's not many similarities. I mean, he's sung songs about a field of gold. That wouldn't have been suitable. Um, but then we come on to, to, to one of my favourite films. I, I say this every time. It's like, how am I supposed to make an all-time top ten when every film is one of my favourites of all time? Uh, we've had this discussion before about my revolving top ten. Mm-hmm. This is one of the films that would revolve. It's Wes Craven's A New Nightmare, oh, which was a... Oh, give up. It's one of the final or the proper final installment of Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm going to give a little bit of background on this because this is something I know a little bit about. And I know a little about what is it? I know a little about a lot and a lot about a little. So that looked like you were trying to do algebra. <laughs> I was just checking it. Wes Craven wrote the first Nightmare on Elm Street, directed it, all that kind of stuff, and it was phenomenal, and that created New Line Cinema. Basically, New Line Cinema was a house that Freddie built. That's where it come from. Um, and then uh, he didn't want anything to do with the rest, and he stepped away. I think he, he initially started writing Nightmare on Elm Street 2, but then they took it a different direction. He went, I don't want else to do with this. And he never watched them. And I think there was seven in total. He didn't watch any of the remaining six, and they generally got progressively worse um, but there were some fun ones in there, blah, 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 blah. And then they found out, or one of the, I, I don't know what it was, someone high up in New Line found out that he wasn't happy and they wanted to do one more and he said, do you want to come back and and make like this final Nightmare on Elm Street and and, and make it your own? It's like, yeah, I'll do it. And it was like a, almost like an early version of Scream in that it was very meta. Uh, basically, a, a new nightmare is... Um, the, the the film Nightmare on Elm Street turns out it was a film and all the actors were playing roles in it, but then Freddie came to life and haunted the uh. actual actors. And it's so good. And there's so many Easter eggs in it all the way through. And it's just one of the... I would probably say it's my... Oh, I hate myself for saying this. My favourite film of the entire Nightmare on Elm Street franchise and Nightmare on Elm Street franchise is one of my favourite franchises, <laughs> even possibly on a par with the Marvel stuff that's come out recently. But New Night is just so good. I absolutely adore that film. I'm pleased for you. I have no problem that you haven't watched slash don't like that film because I appreciate you don't like horrors. Well, yeah, we've had this debate. But if you liked that type of horror... Uh, I saved myself there. If you like that type of horror, you would very much enjoy A New Nightmare. When um, Scream came out, 99? It was 90s. Um, I couldn't tell you what year, but it wasn't long after that. Yeah, and that was Wes Craven. Yeah, well, all eyes on me for Scream. Oh, you were you a fan of the Scream? I am. Rock and roll. Eh? <laughs> My evening just got better. Can we skip 95, 96, 97, We fucking can't skip 95. <laughs> That was, that was very aggressive. The main reason I signed up to this was so I could talk about 995 at length. Are you uh, are you stopping after next week? Is that it? Do I need to find a new co-host? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I don't even know what to expect from 95. You, you know what I'm like with years. Um, so I'm quite looking forward to seeing what's on it. I'm also quite looking forward to seeing what you've wrote down that I don't like because I'm quite nervous about that. But uh, but yeah, that, that was my top 10. And and yeah, so before we kind of wrap up as final thoughts, one thing we started doing last week was asking or giving a recommendation. So if you was to recommend one film aside from 
before weddings and a funeral. If you was to recommend one film for people to go away and watch, what film would that be? Why, Michael? Why have you like ruled one of mine out? Because I'm not allowing that. <laughs> I know this is a joint podcast and it is essentially equal 50-50. Yeah. And, and all decisions are made 50-50. Although generally, here's a little peek behind the curtain for anyone listening. <laughs> what tends to happen is one of us says, shall we try this? And the other one says, yeah. There's, there's no real debate or comeback about actually, no, that's not a good idea. Any, we don't discuss it. One of us just does it, you know, hence why we did that thing with the scores the other week and then I just went along with it. Then the, the week after we said, actually, no, this is just really shit. Um, so, yeah, peek behind the curtain there. So this is the first time in six, five episodes that, you know, one of us is putting his foot down. Cannot recommend four weddings and a funeral. Well, I'm going to go with Leon then because it is a it's a masterpiece. Would you have recommended Forward in a Funeral? No, I actually wouldn't have because most people should have seen it and will know it's really good anyway. Good, because even though I was joking when I said that, I kind of felt bad. No, you didn't. <laughs> I did. You liar. What's your film recommendation? You can't have any of your... <laughs> I have many things, but I am not a liar. I'm like Thanos. I don't lie. Oh, yeah, well, he's not... <laughs> but he don't lie. And he had a point, to be fair, with what he did. He did have a valid point. Went the wrong way about it. <laughs> the wrong way about it. Yeah, not the best way, but, you know, he made a valid point. <laughs> well, anyway, um, thankfully, we are a long way from Marvel films. Phew! Um, what's your recommendation then? And I don't think you should be allowed anything with Hulk Hogan in it. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing with Hulk Hogan in it. Like literally nothing with Hulk Hogan in it, unless oh. it was in The Lion King as a voiceover somewhere. <laughs> yeah, he was Simba. <laughs> Do you know what? We, it's actually, I, I asked you that and I didn't think this through because I don't know what I would recommend. <laughs> I I kind of want to say street. No, do you know what? Screw it. I'm going to recommend Tammy and the T-Rex. <laughs> Right, I want anyone listening to this podcast to go and watch Tammy and the T-Rex. I've no idea where you can find it. You can get it on a uh, special edition Blu-ray, which comes with postcards of the world's worst T-Rex. Just to clarify, <laughs> and I know I touched on this before, but it's not like Jurassic Park quality T-Rex. <laughs> it's really not. It's more like Barney the Dinosaur quality T-Rex. But... I want anyone listening to watch this and I want you to let me know your thoughts on it. Uh, and you can join the Facebook group, um, which is probably called Decapod, and you can tell us your thoughts on it there. I wonder if I might jot it down as a potential. If we can find it online, we could maybe do a watch party. It would definitely be a party. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Especially the it. last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, there you go. There's the homework, Duckapodians. Is um no, <laughs> no. You've had you know, you've had you know, and I and I let that one go. No, because that's the first time you've said it. Kind of like just slipping it into a sentence. You just slipped it in, and yeah, I did say that to make you laugh. You just slipped it in, and it doesn't work. Decapodians, it sounds like you're being awarded a medal at the Olympics. <laughs> well, that's how it should feel listening to this podcast. 
that should be a good thing. Yeah, that's actually a valid point. I'll take that back. I'm going to edit that. Um, <laughs> but no, I don't like the word decapodians. Oh, dear me. Is um, it, what, what else could we call them? I, I, just Magnificent Seven. Decamorphin Power Rangers. Either way, no, you can continue. No, no, no. <laughs> I hate that show. And I don't you, want it. You can call them what, decapodians. And I will call them decamorphin power rangers. No. No. Paul. <laughs> yeah, fine, right. But I'll write this one so you can't do it with your cunning words. <laughs> I think there was somebody else that was going into the comments with shenanigans and trying to um, curry favour. So, uh, yeah, so we'll see. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm not giving you any credit for that anymore now. Okay. I don't think it deserves credit. I'm no. Not... I agree. You see? Let me do this. My shaky head. <laughs> it's amusing that you have to tell people what I've made you do because they can't see you because this is an audio podcast. <laughs> it's really good as well. <laughs> it, it actually is, listeners. You should make her do it. Well, when we do us lives, just just prompt her to do a shaky head. Right. Um, anything else on night four? Well, not so much. But when we do us lives and people prompt you to do a shaky head, you'll obviously forget what it is. The same way you forgot that you don't like action films. <laughs> I like good action films. What like Die Hard? No. And lethal good weapon. ones. Good ones. Mm. Uh, no, I don't <laughs> think there was anything in 1994. Um, no, that was about it. There was a cracking WrestleMania. It's it's my favourite year so far. And part of that is down to the fact that Bret Hart won the title again. And my favourite match of all time, Bret versus Owen. But yeah, it was it was it was a I, I enjoyed 1994 a lot. I've enjoyed reminiscing about this. I did until now. <laughs> Shall I, shall, I, shall I bring it to a close? Yeah, uh, I, you you tell people about you. Can, I'll let you wrap up 1994 and say goodbye to our wonderful public. <laughs> All right. So that was 1994, where BJ and Duncan were getting us ready to rumble, and we were staying another day with E17 and getting ready for Saturday night with Wigfield in the music scene. And then over on the telly, we were chuckles aplenty with the Vicar of Dibley. No me knowing you. Not many laughs from the fast show and everyone learning how to prepare tasty recipes for under five pounds with ready, steady cook. Um, and then the film highlights. Uh, well, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to be the bigger person. So um, there was some lovely stuff from Luke Besson with Leon um, Tarantino still playing a strong game with Pulp Fiction. I'm told Tammy and the T-Rex is our howler to watch and uh, Keanu Reeves was saving the world with a bomb on the bus with speed. That was 994. We'll see you next week with 995. Psych. Honestly, some of the stuff I edit out, it's like, oh no, some of the stuff I have to debate of editing out. And I think, 
how stupid do I want to sound on this podcast? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'll leave the one in where I've got his ages wrong. And I, and I could have, I'll leave that in. Okay, I don't mind people thinking I'm stupid over that. I took out the um, the Ryan Reynolds wanking off a dog one. <laughs> 